Uh, just wanted to welcome you to church. Now listen, I know that some of you said, the next time I walk into a church, I feel like I'm going to burst into flames. Well, you're here, and that didn't happen yet. Okay? And only You're going to leave on fire for the Lord, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the fire of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, the devil fought you so hard to even get to the service, and you thought it was tiredness. You know, isn't it weird how you can scroll through your phone for hours upon end and stay up all night on your phone, but if you switched over to the Bible app, you would fall asleep within the first 30 seconds? There's a spiritual warfare happening, and I believe that some of you need to have your eyes open that even the enemy didn't want you to be here, but you got here, and your life is about to be changed forever. I know I'm preaching already. I only got an hour and a half to preach this sermon. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. All the guests are like, this is why I told you I wasn't coming. <laughs> you tell your family member, I told you it was going to be too long. Come on now. Don't, don't be watching three-hour movies. You know what I mean? You'll sit all the way through the Avengers, pay $100 plus popcorn and a soft drink, and a four-hour movie. You're like, man, that was awesome. And then Jesus over here dying on a cross, and church goes an hour and a half, and you're just like, I can't believe these people. And they want your money. And I'm like, you just gave $100 to Regal Theater for a four-hour movie. <laughs> I feel like now that I got you here, I just whoop all of you. Now that I got you in the room, now I just whoop you, send you back home crying. It's hard being a pastor. You know what I mean? It's hard being a pastor. But, here, but all joking aside, I'm so glad that you're here, and God's going to do an amazing thing. And, you know, listen, we're just a whole bunch of people in this church who have not figured it all out. You know, I don't know if you know this, but my wife, Julie, and I, we argue sometimes. And I know your marriage is perfect, but ours is not. You know what we argue over? Who loves each other more? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, my kids fight. I got two girls and they argue. Isn't that crazy? Where are they at right now? But you know, they, they, you know, we're just living life. But what I love about the local church, whether you attend V1 Indiana, V1 Long Island, V1 NYC, or any one of our revival homes, is we are just all coming together and we are searching for Christ together. And that's what makes this church special. None of us have completely figured it out, but we're saying, come on, let's journey together. And you know what I love about this church is it's full of generational curse breakers. It's full of people who say, you know what? I might not be a perfect mom, but I'm a praying mom. I might not be a perfect husband, but I'm going to be a godly husband. And as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I just want to honor each and every one of you for journeying together. That's what makes this church special. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter two, and I just have a very short sermon today, but it's, I'm going to read you a part of the Christmas story. Now, this part of the Christmas story has been the subject of fantasy and folklore. People and artists have romanticized this part of the story and made up a whole bunch of details that quite frankly are not even in the text. So I'm gonna read you the actual scriptures and maybe you've never attended a church where the preacher actually preached from the Bible because we got a lot of gurus masquerading as pastors and they have whole hour long sermons with one scripture. So can I actually read you Matthew chapter two? And I want you to get your mind blown by what's actually in the scripture. Okay, can we go there? Because it's better than the coloring book fantasy that you were told. 
Okay, now that I whet your appetite, you never wanted to read the Bible so badly in your life. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Hey, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east, and we've come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where this Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Jerusalem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard that from the king, they set out and there ahead of him went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Let us all pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your scriptures. I pray that by the power of your word, which you said is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces into the innermost parts of a person and divides asunder even soul from spirit, I ask that your word does not return void like you said it could not and it will not. I also ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit, blind eyes are open. Father, my preaching has never saved anyone, but one word, one revelation through your Holy Spirit will cause scales to fall off their eyes. There are people here who have not been to church, but they have come today. And I ask Holy Spirit that you reveal it's not about traditions of man. It's not about singing songs. It's about a revelation of how real you are, God. And I ask for all of those who are seeking God, who said, I know there's more that you revealed during this message through the foolishness of preaching that there is more, that you are who you said you were, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior. And we give you all the glory that many, many people will be saved today in Jesus' name. And the whole church across every campus said, amen, amen, amen. Well, I want to talk a little bit about these wise men. The first thing you should have noticed is the Bible never said that there were three of them. What? My whole life is a lie. There's, it never says that there were three wise men. As a matter of fact, there could have been 10 of them. There could have been 15 of them. Or there could have been two of them. We just know it was plural, wise men. Here's something else we know about the wise men. They came from the east, which means that they were Persian. So they were not Jews. 
In other words, they were not God's chosen people. They were not supposed to be included in this whole event. But how many of you are thankful that God has a way of choosing those who should have never been chosen? Aren't you grateful that he found you? Come on, out east. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You should have never been a part of this. Have you ever experienced the great love of God and thought to myself, thought to yourself, how did I not know about how real this thing really is. I love the story of the Magi. It's so much better than the way that we tell it. And, and you know, artists through history have painted pictures. Now, because they gave away gold, frankincense, and myrrh, it's, you know, we, we assume that it was most likely there was three, but we don't know for sure. And we've all been led to believe these things. But here's what we do know. The word in scripture that's used to describe them is Magi. Magi, the etymology of that word indicates that they could have been like magicians. We know that they were astrologers or even astronomers because they were looking into the cosmos and they were determining by the position of stars that something in the, the grandeur of the cosmos was impacting their daily lives, that there was something happening in this esoteric metaphysical realm that could have been impacting their daily lives. And so I love the Magi because they were seekers armchair philosophers, some would even say conspiracy theorists. They were hippies. Or if you're in this uh, millennial, hipsters. They were the kind of people who would say, I don't know if I believe what that politician is saying. I'm going to Google it and find out for myself. As if the... <laughs> Come on, I, yeah, I, I know who's among us right now. I don't know if I believe what they're feeding us. Let's see what this really is. You know, there's they, these magi, and I'm just telling you what we know. These magi were Persians from the east. Watch this. When you do the geographic distance that they traveled to get to Jerusalem, it was about 800 miles they were willing to travel 800 miles just because this rabid curiosity inside of them wanted to see it for themselves. Is there anybody who's ever felt like, I don't know if I believe what this Mike Signorelli's telling me from the stage. I don't know if these preachers are full of it or not. Can I say that in front of the children? Don't say that, kids. That's bad. But we all have this uh, healthy skepticism. We all have this healthy curiosity. But among us, there's the Magi. See, I imagine that in Persia, there were many people here who were curious. There were many of these alchemists and these magicians and these astrologers who would have said, oh, you see that star? I think there's a king that's being born among the Jews. And probably there were hundreds of them who said, man, I wonder what it's like there. I want to see it for themselves. But among them, we know that not everybody went, but there was a remnant of them that went. And are there any magi here who just have to see it for yourself? Are there any magi among us who just feel like, I don't believe it until I experience it? And, and like, there's one thing to see it on the internet. I want to see it with my own eyes before I believe it. Oh, come on. Y'all are lying in church. I know there's more than one. See, when I was reading this story, for those of you who've been a part of the church for many years, you know that Christmas Eve is my favorite sermon to preach every year. 
And I always ask the Lord to give me a profound revelation. And I ask him, Lord, give me a key that if I could place that key in the locks that have been a form of bondage for people that their chains can be loosed from them. I think that for some of you, you've been judged by family members because you don't quite fit in. I want to know what the Bible really says, not with these religious zealots who get paid from the money I put in the offering. Tell me. I, I want to know what the science really is, not what the government tells me the science is. I want to know for myself, are there any magi listening to me today? And see, what I respect about these magi is that they're willing to travel 800 miles just to see it for themselves. See, Jesus never dismissed people who needed evidence. He said, taste and see that it's good. And see, my invitation to you is come taste and see it for yourself. Come on, young people, let me just tell you, uh, you, you, whatever you're seeking in life, you can find it in the presence of God. It's so much better than you could ever imagine. Come taste and see for yourself. There's something about these magi. It would have taken them about, watch this. I was doing the math, trying to figure out an 800 mile journey, utilizing their means of travel in that time would have taken them about 40 days. So the magi take about a 40 day journey from Persia in the east but here's another thing I love. They don't get to Bethlehem. They actually end up in Jerusalem, which shows that they were just doing the best they can to make an educated guess about where they should go. In other words, they were falling, or as we say it in V1, failing forward. <laughs> They were just stumbling into the truth. They show up to Jerusalem, and what a funny scene as these magi are going from person to person. Hey, I heard that there's a king of Jews who was born. He's supposed to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. We are, we are, we are these alchemist astrologers, and we see in the cosmos that there's a star that's indicating the king is here. And guess what is so crazy about this story? Most of the people who were only six miles away from Bethlehem all know where Jesus was born, but were unwilling to make a six-mile trip. Oh, I don't think you guys are understanding what I'm saying. It's just like the religious people to know the Bible, but not know the Jesus of the Bible. It's just like the religious people to have their life all put together. Oh, I pray. I read the Bible. I have a form of godliness, but deny the power of because they were only eight. They were six miles away from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And they were able to tell these magi where Jesus was, but none of them went themselves. <laughs> Doesn't that blow your mind? Sometimes the true Jesus could be right in your midst, but it's the religious people who don't see him, that don't visit him. It's, come on, so what if I told you, I'm talking to the Magi right now, I'm talking to the people who are like, cuckoo you, dude. I'm talking to the people like, akuna batata, man. I'm talking to the people that listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Isn't it funny that he has millions of listeners and the icon that he has for his, the very emblem of his podcast is him with a third eye. And he talks about doing DMT 
psychedelic experiences and having these crazy otherworldly experiences? What if I told you that the world is not becoming more atheistic? The world is actually reaching into the spiritual realm saying, I know it's true, but I don't know how to legally access it. But see, when they go to the local churches, they don't experience anything supernatural. But we demand that they believe in a Bible full of supernatural stories, yet nothing supernatural happens in our churches. So what if I told you that the church attendance in America is at an all-time low, not because people are done with Jesus, but because they're done with powerless dead religion that was made by man? And so your friends who have been begging you to come to V1 Church, I'm going to tell you the secret. They didn't ask you to come to a concert. Otherwise, they would have invited you to Beyonce. Okay, there's no Beyonce fans. It got real quiet here. Praise God. Everybody must be saved here. Your friends did not invite you to just sing really loud worship songs. Your friends did not even invite you to hear some bald-headed Italian man screaming on a microphone. <laughs> Your friends desperately want you to see for yourself that the Jesus that you think you're rejecting is the wrong Jesus. You've only rejected a statue made out of wood or stone, but the real Jesus is here on earth through the Holy Spirit, and he wants you to meet him. Your friend wants you to have an encounter with Jesus, and they're just hoping that you see what they saw. But I'm talking to the magi, the seekers. I have respect for the seekers because they want to know the truth. What if I told you that some of the people from our church, they weren't seeking drugs even though they were drunk and high stumbling through the streets of New York City, Long Island, Northwest Indiana. What they were really seeking was, I know there has to be more to life than this. What if I told you we, we posted on Instagram, you can watch a story that showed a reel of all of the testimonies from some of our leaders from the church, and I was weeping watching it on repeat over and over again because it showed prostitution and heroin addiction, and it showed people going into the new age and experiencing the supernatural realm. And, you know, I, I just can't help but to believe that maybe sometimes when you're a magi, what the world sees is you using a Ouija board. But what God sees is you're on a journey of the supernatural that's going to lead you right to Jesus. The only person from beyond the grave who wants to talk to you is Jesus through the Holy Spirit to say, I transcended the grave so that you could know me. What if I told you the people that are going to the psychic mediums and say, I'm going to pay you a little bit of money. Maybe you can help me make a choice for my life are on a journey for Jesus who's going to give you a prophetic gifting and then all of a sudden the Lord's going to say, I have a plan for you so that you would prosper. And it's not a plan for harm. And I'm going to prophetically show you something that a, that a psychic could never pay for because I bought it with my blood. You know, when I look at the Magi, when you go on further for this story, there's something about them that's different. There's two forms of intellectualism. There's intellectualism that produces arrogance and pride. Then there's an intellectualism that increases your humility. Only a true intellectual is also someone who is teachable. Therefore, they're someone who's humble. 
And so whether or not you are truly a thinker is going to be determined by whether or not you reject an idea or you're willing to reason with the idea. As a matter of fact, the term scientist in its root language means a pursuit of knowledge. And before a hundred years ago, people who called themselves scientists were interdisciplinary, meaning that they were philosophers and they also understood mathematics and they also understood religion and the spiritual realm as as well. So as well, which means it's just been the last hundred years that we've separated reason from faith. But I believe there's a new generation of magi that are making an 800 mile journey towards Jesus. And they don't know it yet, but all their conspiracy theories and all of their seeking and all of their typing and clicking is leading them on a journey into Bethlehem to see Jesus for themselves. Mothers that are praying for your children that you haven't got seen get saved, I bring you good news and great tidings of joy. They're on a journey to Jesus right now, and it's going to be the real thing. Maybe they haven't accepted church services, but God's got a deeper plan in the works for them. They're on a journey to Jesus. And I love it because we don't even call them magi. We call them what? The wise men. You know what made them wise? The fact that of all their friends in Persia, they were the few who were willing to make a long journey to see the real Jesus. What makes you wise today is do you want to see the real thing? But there's a humility that comes from that. So they come in, and as I come to a close of this message now, they come to into the house. And you know, isn't it funny? All the artists actually portray them in the manger scene with Jesus, but that's not true. It actually says by the time they show up, the Magi enter a house. So now they enter a house. And it says that when they saw Jesus, you know what they did? They bowed down before him and they emptied their treasure chest and gave, gave their treasure to Jesus. I want to read this to you because it's going to help you. It says in Matthew chapter 2, and they bow down and they worship him, not them. Mary was not worshiped by the Magi. As a matter of fact, in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, then Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my soul rejoices in my Savior. So when the Magi come in, they don't worship them, they worship him. Because only Jesus, even Mary, worship the Savior. So the thing I'm going to ask you today is, are you a seeker who has enough humility to say, maybe my problem was with church, but maybe church is separate than Jesus. And I am seeking the Savior because I know He's real. What if the reason why church attendance is decreasing, but witchcraft and the New Age is increasing, is because we have a generation of Persians who are magi, who are going on a journey of truth. But what if it's this Christmas that you see, it was Jesus all along. It was Jesus all along. But I had the wrong one. But there's got to be a humility. Let me just tell you, when I was a child, now the age of my daughter, Everly, 
I was in the Boy Scouts of America and they had a one day field trip to Comiskey to actually see the White Sox and we were gonna go out on the field and they were gonna have the White Sox, the team members sign our baseball. My mother was a single mother of five kids and she just simply did not have the additional money to provide for that experience. And I remember I was so discouraged telling my mom, Mom, all of my friends get to go to the baseball stadium and they get their baseball signed. And I was so discouraged. And I remember my mother, she took me aside and she said, Doolittle, because that's my nickname, we're going to pray because I believe that God can do anything. You're not going to be able to have this experience, but God is, when you seek His kingdom first, He's always going to give you your heart's desire. He's, he's a good, good father. I had no father, but I had a heavenly father. So we begin to pray. Two weeks later, because we were a poor family, do you remember this? Somebody donated a couch to our family. And guess what? My mother began to clean that couch out and she took all of the couch, you know, um, cushions apart and she's digging in there and then all of a sudden she reaches in and she feels something with her hand you're here you're here in the audience so you remember this you've reached some and she all of a sudden pulls out a baseball covered in autographs and she starts screaming do little do little come here do little come here and i come running and into my amazement i was in awe and wonder i see a baseball to watch I'm beginning to read the names on the baseball and it's the Chicago White Sox. But wait, wait, because the Bible says that he will do exceedingly abundantly more than you can think, ask or imagine. It wasn't that year's team. It was my favorite year's team of the Chicago White Sox on that baseball. But guess what? I'm going to tell you the Christmas secret. My mother did have the money to take me, to allow me to go. But instead of using that money to allow me to go, as a single mother, she used that money to put it in her gas tank to take all of us to church. My mother was a magi. My mother was saying, yes, the sports are awesome. I could use this money to send you there, but we've got to go see if this Jesus is who he says he is. And my mother was like that magi because what happened was when I got older and I struggled with depression and suicide, when I struggled with alcoholism, the Chicago White Sox couldn't save me. I didn't need a sporting event. I needed a savior. And I remembered the one who gave me that baseball. It was no human being. It was God Almighty mighty that caused that thing to happen to prove to me if you seek the kingdom first all these things will be added unto you it was a my mother was a magi so for many of you what this looks like in 2023 is put jesus first be willing to make the 800 mile journey because there's religious people who won't even go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem six miles even though they know the Savior's there. We are the wild ones, V1 Church. We had a pipe that ruptured in our Indiana building and Chase Fleeman and Josh Hamster, our pastor,
pastors that are there in Indiana, they were doing whatever they could to fix that pipe. They said, we know we have this historic record storm, but we've got to open the doors because people are going to get saved. We've got to get Indiana open. And guess what? You're sitting in the Indiana building because somebody said, I am a wild one. I'm a magi. We know that Jesus is there. We're going to find him. Your campus pastor here on Long Island, Pastor Patrick and Natalie, just one day ago, their entire house flooded. They lost so many of their possessions. Pastor Patrick and Natalie had to actually rent a car because they lost both their cars in the flood that just happened 48 hours ago. But Pastor Patrick said, I'm renting a car. I've got to get to church because I know some people are going to get saved. I know that somebody's going to get saved. We honor you. Pastor Eddie, it's his first day back on the job in New York City. And he shows up and he said, Pastor Mike, we don't even have heat here in this building. I said, welcome to the kingdom. You're a magi. We're going to find Jesus tonight. Why do I say this to you? There's got to be a humility. There's got to be a humility. That's true intellectualism. Samuel Rutherford said, be humbled. Walk slowly, down, down, for God's sake, my dear and worthy brother, with your topsail. Stoop, stoop, it is a low entry into heaven's gate. Stoop, stoop, it's a low entry into heaven's gate. Across every location, stand to your feet. We're going to begin to enter into the candlelight portion of our service. If there's somebody next to you, and you can light their candle. Go ahead and let's fill all of our locations from New York City, Long Island, and here all the way to Indiana. Let's light our candles. Stoop, stoop. It's a low entry to enter heaven's gate. What made the wise men wise was they were willing to go to extremes to find Jesus. And when they got there, they got down on their knees and the Bible says that they got into their treasure chest and they offered gold and frankincense and myrrh. What we never know about is did they receive Jesus as their Savior? We know that they released the treasures that they had from their hand. But as they released earthly treasures from their hand, did they receive heaven's greatest treasure in their heart? Here's my question to all of you today. I know that you all are generous. You parents, parents, I know that you are going to give your children presents. And as earthly gifts leave your hand, are you ensuring that the greatest gift of heaven is entering your child's heart? I will tell you this, your child will forget most of the presents you've given them, but they will never forget the gift of Jesus. Please don't give your children dead religion. Please don't give your children rules that they can never live to and, and, and condemn themselves. But if you give your children Jesus, you've gave, given them everything. Please. The star didn't guide the Magi directly to Jesus. It was when they got to Bethlehem that somebody showed them the way. And they said, hey, you got to Jerusalem, but Bethlehem is six miles away. As we're lighting all these candles, in a few moments, we're going to pray. 
I believe that the Holy Spirit revealed something to you today. But you are going to receive the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. And then you become a light in the darkness. The Bible says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's you. That's you. Some of you walked into this place feeling so low. Some of you are still struggling with the fact that a loved one passed away within this last year and this is your first Christmas without that loved one. And maybe you're mourning on deep down on the inside saying, oh God, how am I going to make it through Christmas with them? Some of you are triggered by the holidays and the month of December is difficult for you because of loss that you've experienced. Can I tell you, if your loved ones could tell you anything right now in this moment, they would say, it's true. What this preacher is saying is true. Jesus is the Messiah. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Savior. They would tell you that from beyond the grave. They would say, it is true. But you get to experience the fullness now. You don't have to wait. For those of you who are hurting, I had many Christmases alone, dark. As a matter of fact, tomorrow our doors are going to be open. I know that some of the greatest churches in America are canceling services tomorrow. Now listen, look at me while I say this. I have no expectation that you attend tomorrow. You're free of any guilt. But I will tell you, I know across all three of our campuses, there's a group of people that when they walk through the doors tomorrow, they're gonna receive a hug, and it's gonna be the only hug that they would have received. I, and tomorrow, I'll put it like this, no hospital's gonna to close tomorrow. The police are not taking tomorrow off. And guess what? Tomorrow our doors will be open, just like the hospital, just like the police precinct, how much more as a church. So please, if you have friends and family tomorrow, go and be with your friends and family. Don't feel any pressure. But as far as me and the Signorelli family and our locations, we're going to open to embrace you tomorrow. But right now I want to pray with every single person here as we close. I'm talking to the Magi. Jesus is who he said he was. Right now, I want us to pray together. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, All you got to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that He is the Savior, and you will be saved. Don't clean yourself up. Don't get your act together and say, Then I'll come back to God once I'm free from addiction, once I've been through therapy and counseling. No, it's the opposite. Come as you are, and the Lord cleans you up by His blood, supernaturally sets you free. Chains of darkness are broken up, and you are made new. We've already had one other service, and I received dozens and dozens of testimonies from people saying, I have severe anxiety, and the first time I've experienced peace within the last decade was after I prayed and received Jesus. We've already received confirmation from my leaders at the other locations that multiple people tonight committed to cancel their suicide and they are choosing to live and not die. We've already received it. This is why. This is why. And for those of you who are saying, I know there's more. Come on. It's Jesus. Let's pray across every location. I want you to borrow my words. Repeat these words with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for sending your son to be born and he lived his life without sin and he died on the cross when Jesus said it is finished that included all of my sin and now I choose to receive total forgiveness I thank you for eternal life Jesus I belong to you I serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name I pray amen 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 you are saved welcome to the family of God come on New York City Long Island Indiana all of our revival homes you are saved come on here's what we're gonna do as you look around and see all of the candles we're gonna sing one more song